So in a few minutes, um, uh, we'd like to um, actually do a bit of an experiment, to be honest, um, but it's a guided meditation. But I think it's worth taking a few minutes, um, it might be helpful just, just really a few minutes after that to recap a little um, in terms of meditation and instructions, what we've been doing, um, because uh, just for the sake of you guys being clear, there's a lot we're putting out and it's hard to discern between things or, or navigate or understand how it all fits together. So very briefly to recap, um, some of you might want to write this down because it will help you keep it clear or maybe you have a mind that can just keep, keep hold of these things. <clears throat> uh, you could say that there are five directions we've offered so far already. Uh, med- med- as meditative directions or intentions. I'm using those words deliberately. They're intentions and directions. Partly why I'm saying that is because all five are actually interrelated. They overlap. They will occur at the same time. Um, there'll be mixtures in, in the moment, in practice. It's like sometimes two of them are happening or five of them are happening or, or whatever. Um, but to, to help us get clear, help you get clear in the moment, you can think of them as, well, what's my actual intention here? Where, where am I, what am I trying to do right now in practice? Where, where am I gently encouraging the practice to move towards? What am I emphasizing right now among that mix? So they, they overlap, they're interconnected, they feed each other, but they're, uh, they're, one way of thinking about it is five kind of... Um, all right, different directions, but they're not really different. Um, now, the first is samadhi, by which I mean, very, very briefly to say, by which I mean is tending to, caring for, gently encouraging a sense of well-being in, in the energy field, in the feeling of the space uh, that my body occupies, and the mind... Um, occupying that space and, and enjoying that well-being, whether it's intense or whether it's really uh, quite unremarkable, some sense of harmony, of well-being there. And the intention of samadhi is not so much whether that's happening or not or how good it feels or anything. It's, it's more, that's, that's what I'm gently working on. I'm tending to that. I'm encouraging it. That makes it at that time a samadhi practice, you could say. So that it might actually feel quite difficult at times, but that's still my intention. I'm working with the difficulty to smooth out the difficulties or the wonkiness in, in the system or whatever. But my intention is, uh, it's not so much what's happening, it's what's my intention with what's happening. Gently nourishing, shaping the, the feeling of the energy body towards more well-being. Yes, we could call that samadhi. And there's lots of, you know, we could develop that for years, all, all of these things. There's skill involved in different things. But that's the first. The second is a, a caring for and an, 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 an attention to the emotional life and the emotional unfolding in the moment. Um, again, via the energy body, um, Sometimes it's working with the difficult. Here's this heartache, here's this grief, here's this anger, here's this contraction. 
Sometimes it's just a much subtler emotional state like boredom or, uh, I don't know, something subtler like that. So it includes working with the difficult. It might also include working with the lovely and and opening to that and being with that and watching that in in the energy body. Um, Or or is this something that's really quite neutral? But I'm still, my my focus and my intention is to to be with, to watch, to, to care for, to hold, to be sensitive to what's happening emotionally. And as Catherine was talking about this morning, there's all kinds of skill involved. And a lot of stuff that from your other retreats and mindfulness practice and insight meditation, you know, and you can bring that to bear. And in the talks that we asked you to listen to before the retreat, lots of, lots of ways of working and skillful ways of working with the emotions. So that's the second. Um, the third <coughs> is the, the imaginal. Um, so... Uh, this could be a spontaneous image that arises. You're sitting in meditation and something, uh, or out of meditation, whatever, and an image arises, and it feels like, oh, this is interesting, this is helpful, it feels resonating in my soul, and you go with that, a spontaneous image. It could also be a, de- a deliberately invoked image, something that has been meaningful and helpful to you in the past. Maybe the past is just the last sitting, you know, it came for the f- <coughs> came for the first time uh, an hour ago. Fine, bring it up again if it feels helpful. So there's the deliberate invoking, calling to mind, calling into presence, and into relationship with with the imag- uh, an imaginal image. Um, it doesn't have to be only the imaginal figure of love that we did on the on the first day. Uh, it can be it can be anything as long as it feels soul making. Touches my soul doesn't have to be uh, love, it doesn't have to be a certain kind of love. Love comes in a lot of different flavors, yeah? Um, but it can be spontaneous or deliberate with the imaginal. Um, the fourth one is what we've been calling cosmopoesis. So this is more, the senses are open to the world around us and others around us. And we're seeing that, either again, either spontaneously or deliberately, seeing others, seeing the earth, seeing the, the, the cosmos, seeing it, sensing it um, other than we usually do, sensing it as divine in some way. On this retreat particularly, a divine that involves the imaginal. We'll say more about this. But here there's an opening. We talked about opening the eyes, opening the senses. And uh, it's not so much just an imaginal figure inside, so to speak. We're actually... Um, Sensing life through image, sensing the cosmos through image. So it's what I call cosmopoesis. It's creative. And the fifth one, um, well, actually, the fifth one is, is really just to say energy body again. That it, that all of this um, is going to be as much as possible done with sensitivity to the energy body. And what do we mean by energy body? Well, we mean a whole range. It's just how how this feels. So it can be very solid. We're really talking about a sense of earthiness and solidity. That's just a range on the possible um, frequencies of how the energy body can be experienced. Or it can be very ethereal, very light and luminous and translucent and spacious. It's all just, it's all just the range of the energy body. And then within the working with the energy body, we talked yesterday about the possibility of actually listening to the energy body, feeling it, and it manifesting in 
movement or posture and letting yourself explore that. How do the hands want to be? What, what, what posture do I want to adopt? What movements do I want to adopt? And sometimes keeping the physical body still and just feeling the inner imaginal body, if you like, the energy body actually dancing, moving in a certain posture. Yeah. So those are the five. They all overlap. So what you'll get sometimes is here's an emotion, it's difficult, I'm working with it, and then at some point it gives birth to an image. Then I come into relationship with the image and the image affects the emotion. And maybe from the image actually comes some, some well-being. So ev- everything is going to affect everything else. What, what, what matters, I think, for clarity is just being clear what's going on, but also what am I emphasizing right now? Because I could be uh, working with an image, a couple of people wrote this in a note, working with an image, and then out of the image a very nice feeling comes. Now there I have a choice. I can stay with the relationship with the image and resonating with all the soul-making, beautiful fecundity and complexity of the image, aware (coughs) and enjoying that it feels nice, great. Or I can almost emphasize more the well-being in the body and let the, maybe the image fades or it goes to the background and then I'm leaning more in a samadhi direction. Do you understand? So, so there's, yeah, there's a, it, it's just about, you know, uh, taking, controlling my glider a little bit. With, with the, what currents are here? Ah, I'll, I'll ride that one. Okay, now this one. Um, yeah. An image can spill over into cosmopoesis and all this. They're all, they're all connected. Um, it's just to be aware of what's happening. And then actually at some point, okay, if this is happening, do I want to shift gears or shift direction um, and make an, make an intentional shift to, to emphasize this or that? Is this? Yeah? Good. Very good. Okay. Um, so, okay, so that's that. Um, Let's do this experiment. Um, <clears throat> well, we're going to start with a mantra, a mantra that probably m- many of you would be familiar with, the syllables, Om Mani Padme Hum. It's the mantra of Avalokiteshvara, who's the, uh, the uh, from the Buddhist pantheon, he's the Bodhisattva of compassion. Um... There's, diff- there's many different ways to work with mantras, many different ways, and uh, many different meanings associated with them. So, um, you know, some people, when they start going into Om Mani Padme Hum, what does it mean? Each syllable kind of um, uh, is, has a kind of r- very specific resonance in, in certain tantric teachings. Um, so, Om is the opening to the universal, some people say, and Hum of the Om Mani Padme Hum is the, is the embodiment. Um, we could do all that, but actually what you find is different interpretations, multi- often completely contradictory, which is interesting, again, given what we've emphasized on this retreat. And it, it, it reinforces the idea that all this is creative. They're just ways of looking. We can adopt and shape this how we want. But rather than be very specific about you know what this means or that means or what it should do, Again, I, I would, we would like to emphasize more, more of a kind of looser, more poetic, creative ap- approach to this. So 
this mantra can unfold in all kinds of ways. It can have all kinds of meanings that will be different from one person to the next, etc. Now some of you are familiar with this mantra and you've probably heard different melodies for it. And this relates to what I was talking about yesterday with, um, uh, with compassion and love. You know, you can have a... So it's the mantra of compassion and we could use a melody and, and sing it in a way that's full of yearning and full of the, the pathos and, and the tearful resonances with the pain of the world. That would be one flavor of orienting the thing. Um, but or, or a certain tenderness, a, beauty, a beautiful tenderness, or just a spaciousness, or a kind of healing quality. So all, all, all this is possible as characteristics of compassion, which can be translated musically into the melody and, and the way that it's sung. Partly why this is an experiment is why I want to get out today is, is funny enough, not so much emphasizing the obvious aspect of compassion. I want to, I want to use the mantra, see if it's possible to use the mantra to, to open some kind of cosmopoesis for us. So the interest is more in the, in the transformation of the sense of the world, of the sense of what the world is, than so much in invoking compassion. But the, again, overlapped, overlapped. And it's all subjective uh, as to what char- you know, musical character gives rise to what. But. So um, let's just let's just do this and see see what happens. Um, so if you want to come in, come into a meditative posture that feels comfortable, and uh, Catherine and I will chant a little bit till you get the melody, and then. Um, join in but let's come in come into your posture first and and as as always uh, settle into the posture can you is it possible to let the center of the awareness be in the heart center rather than the head center or anywhere else is that the center of your awareness is in the middle of the chest, in the heart. And just letting the awareness be centered there and move outward to, to the whole energy body, the whole space. From that center. So sitting in the heart, in the energy body, open opening that space, filling it with awareness. So there is, uh, although we're not emphasizing it so much, there is compassion uh, being intended and radiated through this chanting. So let that be part of it, that that there's blessings coming forth from your heart. There's at least the intention for compassion, for care, for love, for healing and tenderness to yourself, to all beings, and actually to the whole world. Part of what's happening here is there's this radiating out of that. It doesn't mean you feel it all the time, it just means that that's the intention. That's the intention, that's included in the intention. So Catherine will start the chant and we'll join in. 
And then when you feel like you, you kind of get the melody, please, please join in, let yourself sing it, but connect it to the energy body. And then I will, I will guide us as, as, as we go. chanting, see if you can feel your throat and your chest open. Listen as well.
chanting, the air and the intention open you up. Let it open up the whole energy body. radiating to expand the energy body and fill out, radiate out from the energy body. the sound comes from the whole of you pouring outwards in all directions. Opening, trusting the goodness of your intention. Letting it take form, take embodiment through sound. Expressions of your body. Full silent, but listen, listen. of sound and of soul and of love of beauty, of sacredness as 
So in chanting, we are enchanting, enchanting. A spell, an invocation, magic. sounds are actually echoing something that is already present, something woven into the cosmos, part of the fabric of the cosmos. These sounds that are more than sounds, mantra, divine speech. incantation in the chanting, we're joining in, we're adding to something that's already here, already everywhere. A dimension of the cosmos. pressure in the opening, you get a sense, the syllables, each syllable is a jewel, these jewels, infinite jewels, spread throughout the cosmos. Everywhere, already existing, this divine speech. Jewels that are creative elements, cosmic powers, part of the magical fabric of things. They are prayer, these jewels woven in, woven into the fabric of things is prayer, blessing. Praise. Jewels of many colors, beauty, holiness. Divinity. silent for a bit, 
Can you have that mantra internally? Very lightly, very spaciously, very delicately. But it's still this more cosmic sense. It's the echoes in your mind, the roots of which are divine, the roots of your mind, of your consciousness, echoing, resonating with the mantra that is everywhere. And maybe it's the whole melody, maybe just very faint echoes, filaments. Maybe it gets fainter. But the sense of the jewels, the mantra as jewels, that can stay. Just open, open. So maybe it has the internal mantra, maybe very faintly, maybe it's faded. But these jewels of the imaginal realm that pervade the, con uh, the cosmos, the beauty of that everywhere, within, without, all around, sounds as mantra, all sounds as divine speech. So it's in Catherine's voice, it's in my voice. It's in the coughing and the sneezing and the shuffling. It's in the bird song. It's in the wind. Open, hearing all sounds as mantra. Through these jewels, the divine is blessing all of creation. And creation isn't other than the divine. The divine is blessing itself. 
blessing its blessing. We're opening to something, we're opening to a poetic, artistic possibility. Very delicate. sense, not just sounds, but everything, body sensations. all phenomena, all experiences, divine speech. Beautiful jewels. for a bit. So it's not so much about sound, inner sound or outer sound. Perhaps that fades, even the echoes in the mind fade. But this more pervasive sense in all the senses, something more subtle, more magical, a cosmopoesis, involving, including all of the senses. This, this is actually what we're tuning into. This is, if you like, the object, so to speak, of the meditation. It's not necessarily in one place spatially, it's everywhere. No need to push anything, just gently opening and encouraging encouraging something subtle. And when you're ready, still in, in this awareness, if you can keep this awareness, and when you're ready, opening your eyes and letting it come into the sight as well, just a little bit. All things, sights, sounds, the plane overhead, the bird outside, Jewels.
Now, we could try one more thing. See if we can transition to standing up and putting the mats to the side of the room, but seeing if you can do that with awareness of the energy body. So just paying attention to the energy body in the transition of the movement. And we're going to just do one last thing with this chant. see without pressure if you can feel the body space as you're moving. So there's the, the mindfulness there of the body. Let's sort of homogeneously fill the room. Okay, and again, in the standing posture, again, just, just connecting with the energy body. Letting that space a bit bigger than you, filling it out with awareness. But again, seeing if you can let let the let that awareness center in the heart center, in the middle of the chest. And you know, allowing and including what's moving through emotionally right now, whatever that is. It 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 has a place. It's welcome. So aware of the heart aware of the space of the energy body, aware too of the sensations with the feet. But you're in that energy body space. You're filling that with awareness. I think Catherine will, will, will start chanting again. And, and, and the, the same... Uh, the same cosmopoesis, the same encouragement to, to that art, that poetry. receptivity, but there's also poetry. It's a cr- 
creative listening, creatively allowing the ripples, the radiation, creative sensing of yourself, of the world around you. receptivity so let the eyes open if they're not already stay connected to your heart to your soul to the energy body the resonances Opening the senses. Now is it possible to walk slowly around the room, walking between each other, keeping this sensibility, this openness, this creative receptivity? Doesn't have to doesn't have to be super slow, but Whatever, whatever feels like it works for you. You don't have to make eye contact, but you can if you want. open to these beings around you here in this room. Who are these beings? What are these bodies? Are they not also jewels? Is not each one a thousand jewels? Sensitive to the energy body, sensitive to the heart, the soul, but open. The sense is open. mysterious depths of otherness. The divinity of these bodies, of these beings.
and then just wherever you are, just coming to stillness. together in the silence with that awareness. Eyes might be open or closed if you prefer right now. There's a mandala here. Maybe we were as we were moving it was a fluid mandala. The bodies, the objects make a mandala. transition to the sitting posture with the same kind of awareness of the energy body, etc. When you're ready. Transition times are interesting times in terms of staying connected. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
So there's all kinds of possibilities. Um, maybe start to get a sense of so, so many possibilities, and probably, um, you know, if we were to hear hear back, if we had time for that, we'd hear a lot of different variations in terms of the individual experiences. Of it goes for all imaginal practice and kind of what we're calling cosmopoesis, but there is a movement, generally speaking, there's a movement out into <coughs> seeing, sensing, knowing, perceiving the, the world, the, the cosmos, um, uh, differently, cosmopoetically. So the, the movement is out to include. And eventually everything is included, nothing is excluded. So hearing all sounds as mantra. This is just one one you know exercise one one way in to do something. But but the the one of the emphasis is all sounds. So even the sounds that are not pretty, um, or or the sounds of tears, as Catherine was saying, it's more about re-enchanting dukkha. And last night, it's like even the sound of 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 pain of dukkha, even the sounds of the the, the planes ahead, or or the the not so pretty sounds. The movement or the, the inclination is all, all sounds, and then eventually all things, all things. And that's the movement of cosmopoesis. It's this out, outward and inclusive. So that's the that's the sort of encouragement there. In in what we just did, you know, um, you, you you can actually enter something like that in a number of ways. It's, all this is very creative. It's really like I keep saying, it's art, it's play, experiment, find out. Um, you can go in like we did via the mantra, actually verbalizing, you know, chanting a mantra. Um, you can also start it via sound. So, uh, for instance, when I shared the story about listening to the bird song, and then the bird song becomes a kind of um, imaginal bird song, if you like, in the way that it connects. So, rather than starting with the mantra, you actually start by just listening. And in the listening, in the openness to listening to whatever it is, the, the sounds get imbued imaginally, and and there becomes a, there comes a cosmopoesis. You might start with with a, an intention to hear all sounds as mantra. So there's no actual mantra, vocalized or internal, but my intention is to hear all sounds as divine speech. Or maybe I'm just listening. And, and through my openness, like I said, just, I'm just open, listening, and, and something transforms in the hearing, in the perceiving, the art of perception, the poetry of perception. Or it might be that something like what we did or some other meditation, there's a memory of a certain um, cosmopoesis, a certain way of sensing existence of sensing the cosmos that we've experienced at a certain time and one's actually just just as you we talked earlier about deliberately recalling an image you can deliberately recall a cosmopoesis not forcing it you're just bringing bringing back something that already occurred and seeing if i can engage that perception more deliberately again sustain it but eventually it's going to everything beyond beyond sounds etc all appearances all phenomena all experiences in all the senses uh, I will say one thing about sound. So, um, actually about speech. 
Um, so right now I, I'm speaking and you guys are listening, at least hopefully. Um, but uh, is a miracle, you know, the miracle of communication. So I have an idea in my head and somehow with all this apparatus and muscles and larynx and what and tongue and positions, I I vibrate the air and it goes in your ear and and you understand hopefully you understand <laughs> what I'm what I'm trying to say. And there's communication between two beings. How amazing is that? And you think of all the subtlety of nuance of about emotion or a joke. A joke's an amazing thing. It's like there's some humor and it somehow it just crosses from here to there or there to here and we're laughing at the same thing and it's it's a miracle. So speech is has the the miracle and the holiness of of its semantic aspects of of the communication what I'm trying to communicate and what I want you to hear and what what you want to hear and understanding each other. But speech also involves sound. And so even right now I guess it's me speaking. So you can, at the same time as you're understanding what I'm saying, you can also hear, this is divine, <coughs> it's mantra, it's divine speech, it's in the sound, it's in the music of the sound. So there's a, a meaning level, and there's a music level, and there's a, the divine permeates both. There's the, the divinity of the, can you just hear the sounds of the voice right now? It's the 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 babble of the divine, it's, the, it's the, the spell, the magic of the divine speech in, in the sound, not in the meaning. And at the very same time that we're hearing the meaning and understanding, another part is cosmopoetically hearing the sound of another human being or the birds or whatever in a different way, it's a different level. It doesn't it, it's easier with pleasant sounds, but this divine is is not to do with pleasantness. We're not talking about prettiness of sensation. We're talking about this this, this another level that we can get a sense of. So you may have related to what we just did that whole guided meditation, or maybe not, or whatever. It, it, in a way, it doesn't really matter. Again, this emphasis on playing, experimenting, finding what works for you. In a way, what, what Catherine and I are doing is just putting out different ideas, different possibilities, and um, maybe you take them as they are, maybe you alter them with your own creative variations, maybe it's something completely different. Discover, play, discover, experiment, find your own. There's no formula here in terms of specifics, as we said before. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.